Hey, this is Sandy. And Randy. And we're here on AT Corner. Being an athletic trainer comes with ups and downs, and we're here to showcase them all. Join us as we share our world in sports medicine. Welcome back to another episode of AT Corner. For today's story episode, we are talking about mentorship. Which is a very big word in athletic training. Yes, absolutely. Which I was actually surprised about. So we put up on our Instagram stories a question for you guys asking if you have a mentor and out of a couple hundred votes about 25 percent of people actually didn't have a mentor Ooh, that's interesting i thought that was a very big number like very big considering go ahead oh i was just saying i wouldn't anticipate that no that's very interesting because i feel like we have built-in mentorship through preceptors i mean unless Unless you just don't vibe. I was saying, unless you didn't vibe with any of your preceptors. I mean, I get that. Um, yeah, but I mean, even that, I've, I have mentors who I've met at conferences, mentors who are my preceptors, and mentors who I've worked with, too. I guess Not that- just the, what, three or four. I have one preceptor who I, who I don't really talk to that much, but... Well, I guess it also kind of depends on where you're at now. You know, if you like maybe all your preceptors were in one setting and you're in a different setting it might be hard that's that's true but i feel like mentors go beyond just the setting they yeah that's true like about life they transcend settings what is your relationship with your mentors Uh, i feel like it's pretty good i i try to you know from when i was a student you know i was always taught to you know you should stay in contact with your mentors you should always reach out because that's what you know that they're there to help support you and guide you throughout your career and, and in life in general, by the way. It's not just athletic training. You know, your mentors can help with life stuff as well. So I definitely do my very best to at least stay in contact with my mentors, like reaching out every now and then, seeing how they're doing. Um, I try to get breakfast with some of the ones that I know are local and, you know, just try and do little things like that. Just stay in contact. I you mean, do, you do that a lot. I do. I mean, at least I do my best. Um, I mean, how I always look at it is I don't think I could ever repay them and say thank you enough for everything that they've done for me. So this is just my small way of saying thank you. Yeah, I think that my my relationship's a little bit different because, well, I I don't think I've really gone out with them as much as... Um, I mean, I keep in contact with them over text or by phone call and, most of the time. And I, was I mean, say. with Haley, you guys know Haley. She's submitted lots of stories to the show, and we have one later today. Um, I mean, I'm pre- I'm I think I'm probably the closest with Haley. And yes, I mean, it's been a while since we've seen each other because of COVID. But other than that, like before then, we worked together on a lot of stuff, and she helped with this. And yeah, absolutely. And also, you know, sometimes just a simple message is, you know what someone would want just to know just to stay in contact and just know how each person's doing and also it is tough you know schedules get get crazy and you know sometimes it just slips your mind yeah so i also asked that on our instagram stories and i asked how often people talk to their mentors and i had a little slider and most people said about monthly that was the average answer i was gonna say off the top of my head i'd say yeah i try to stick around monthly i don't want to overdo it but you know i do want to have a regular contact with my mentors so i would say monthly is pretty accurate for me 
I have a very unique situation, though, because I come home to one of my mentors. Oh, that's nice. So I get to I literally get to talk to you every day. And so I think that's also part of the reason why my relationship with my mentors is a lot different than yours, because my main mentor is you. And that's really nice. you've already done all this stuff a couple of years ahead of me. Yeah. And so it's really easy to just come home and I'm comfortable talking to you. I mean, ra- I mean, other setting stuff, I reach out to my mentors too, but... Yeah, absolutely. It just makes it really easy. Yeah, no, definitely, because, you know, I'm instant access, apparently. <laughs> but it, that also goes both ways. You know, I, I learn from you as well. Okay, so you do, do you want to know what a definition of a mentor is? See, this is an education episode as well. I like it. I actually, I actually wanted to look it up because um, I, was, I was trying to put this together. I was trying to figure out, okay, well... We're talking about mentors, but what actually is a mentor? And that's usually our first question that we ask in whenever we're talking about anything. Yeah, for sure. So I looked it up and it is an experienced and trusted advisor. So really, it can it can be anyone who you are looking up to, who you think that um, is someone. I mean, I don't think that they have to be older than you even. No, it doesn't say anything about age. It just says experienced and trusted. Mm-hmm. Actually, Randy, I have a question for you. Yes. Have you met all your mentors through school? I would say most of them, yes. But early on when I was getting my hours for the athletic training program, really, I reached out to people. So one of my first mentors, I emailed him, and then he passed me along to... Uh, another mentor of mine later on so that's really kind of how i met my initial mentors and then obviously going through the athletic training program it happened more facilitated as you know official rotations i know that um one well i mean yeah because athletic training is such a small world i feel like connections are pretty easy to make and if you don't know someone someone else you know does oh absolutely um And that's kind of how I, I mean, I would say most of my mentors are from school, but um, when I was really passionate about dance medicine and going into dance medicine, that's how I met Robin at the um, Performing Arts Association. Yes, that's right. Um, And that was just, I mean, we made a great connection when I found out that she was contracting herself to work backstage, and that's what I had wanted to do at the time. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, we were able to go out. Um, we went to lunch twice, yes, we did. I think. Yes. Yeah, you were there. I, I I know I was there for one of them. I don't know about both, but I was there for I think, one of them. I think that you came to pick me up or something, and then I saw her and I wanted to pick her brain. I think yes. that's how it happened. Yes, that's right. And then she was like, oh, well, do you guys want to go to lunch? I'm never going to say no to lunch. I think we went to my favorite place, too. The yes, Blue we Road. did. I love that place. Um, and then... Afterward, so so I also want to talk about um, what you kind of talk about with mentors. And so with her, I actually picked her brain about um, what material she needed beyond just, you know, supplies and all that, but also the liability. I wanted to know about that because, you know, I was a young AT. I still am a young AT and trying to figure that out. I wanted someone who was experienced to tell me what what they had experienced 
Yeah, and as we all have learned through our AT education is we are all about reducing liability. So that is a good question to be asking. Yeah, and if there's someone who already figured it out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, that's the one thing I've noticed with at least athletic training. I can speak to it because, you know, I do it is a lot of athletic training is just taking what's already been done from like someone else and then doing it yourself and like tailoring it to your program like policies and procedures oh you know that those are all borrowed you know that's (laughs) passed around different schools and then just reworded for sure yeah but that's what mentors are for that is what mentors are for that uh that late night question hey how do what do you guys do at your school again or what did we do for my rotation that was i complained about but in reality now i know is awesome do you feel like that's what you talk to mentors most about or what do you what do you really talk to your mentors about uh man a lot of broad spectrum stuff a lot of it is just life you know seeing how they're doing and stuff like that and i would say a lot of my questions are like what i'm like future stuff or like working towards something like how did you manage this like whatever Mm -hmm. i've got going on at work like hey how did you manage something like that or you know hey what are you guys doing at your school you know how did you get to go about that so it's still like a learning opportunity of course but in a more informal way yeah i know that i've reached out to some of my mentors when i've changed sports and i've never worked a sport before and i'm like hey how like what are the basics that i need to know for this sport yeah in the traditional setting oh and then also i've reached out about um actually lately i've i've been talking to a lot of my mentors about um where I'm I'm a little I'm not sure with my experience if I should be staying where I am or the opportunities that are coming up um if I should take those opportunities even though they're a little bit off my vision and so I've been I've been talking to them a little bit about that and seeing insight from someone who has maybe been in the hiring process or been even in those settings that I want to be in. Yeah, see, it goes back. Someone who's experienced and trusted. Exactly. So our first listener story is about learning from your mentors. And this one is anonymous. So this person said, an ATI really looked up to my first year, gave me excellent advice when I started working with different athletic trainers. And I didn't completely agree how he operated and techniques he used. I was told, take what you like, leave what you don't. It was exactly what I needed to hear. The ATN question wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong, but based on my education, I thought he could have done things differently. Now, as I continue my education and as I interact with more physical therapists and ATs, I highlight the qualities that I think would work for my practice and accept that there will be some things I might not agree with. I think that is one of the hardest things for athletic training (laughs) students to remember is you don't have to take everything from your rotation right your your preceptors or mentors are going to do something that just doesn't vibe with you the way you would like to do it and that is okay so one of my most interesting rotations um i i always try to explain to people when they ask about it because um it was a company that i can't name and because it was a company working with employees they did not allow students to put their hands on patients we could do like um, history and pretty much everything up to the manual therapy 
or treatment. And the reason why is because of liability. So mostly what I was doing was observation. And a lot of people were asking me why I enjoyed my rotation so much because you'd think, you know, you want to be hands-on, you want to be doing all this stuff. I know I do. I, I did not like. But I observant. I was I was learning from so many different clinicians and I think that it's so important to observe because we are as especially as athletic training students and young professionals, we are so focused on what we are trying to become that we don't realize that the people who have already figured it out are right in front of us. That's true. That is true. And that as soon as I realized that and as soon as I I wanted to like be a sponge and take everything that I was seeing and exactly what this person said was take the things that I liked and the things that I didn't like maybe adjust what I was doing. Yeah, no, that I mean that's definitely true. A lot of a, a lot of young ATs forget about that aspect and are just ready to all right, I gotta go do it. You're going to be doing it for 40 more years. That's true. You are. <laughs> this time with it on you. Like yeah. the responsibility is solely yours. Yeah. The, honestly, as much observation, still, as much observation as I can get in is I try. Yeah, definitely. And the next one we have is actually really long. So we're going to we're going to break it up. This one's from Christopher. We love long stories, by the way. Yes, we do. Do you want to read part of this? Do you want to start it? Yeah. So Christopher R. says, having a mentor in athletic training is crucial for many of the obvious reasons you can think of. They are there to teach you, help you practice skills, someone to bounce ideas off of, do mock interviews with, and to build a professional relationship with that can help you down the road. To me, though, another crucial part of having a mentor is having them show you a realistic view of the athletic training profession. They shouldn't try to sugarcoat anything while you're with them. I think part of having a good mentor is that they show you the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes along with this profession. Not just all the thank you cards, rings, and pictures. Which, by the way, getting rings is pretty cool. <laughs> I do have to say, that is that is a nice perk. He continues to say, One of the biggest lessons I learned from my very first mentor I had at my junior college wasn't one he ever said to me, but showed me. Once I had graduated from college and began working as an athletic trainer, I would always try to go back and visit my mentors at my junior college once during football season. One visit, I remember we were talking and I learned he wasn't working as an athletic trainer anymore, but as the athletic director. I asked him why, and his response, I've always remembered. He said that at this point in his career, he was looking for a challenge. This is a man who is probably in his late 50s at this point and had been doing athletic training his whole life. At the age where most people are trying to get the hell out of their jobs so they can relax, he had the opposite mindset. He was looking for a challenge still. I've always remembered that and keep that in the back of my mind to always work hard. One of the most important things my first mentor in college helped me get through was my doubts. As an athletic training student, and even once you are newly certified, you may not have all the confidence in the world about yourself and your skills. My first week in my program and clinic site, he walked in with a football player who just rolled his ankle and pushed him towards me saying, here you go, walked into his office and closed the door. Keeping in mind, all I knew how to do was take a history. 
So that's what I did, asking every question I could think of. Hey, you knew what you, your skill set was, and you perfected it. That's pretty good. <laughs> we have we have um, advice at the end, and there's there's one. Actually, I'm just going to share it right now. So Erica W. said, as a student, be the best at what you know, even if it's modalities or folding towels. Exactly. You you have your skill set and perfect what you got as you learn the other ones. That's I mean, perfect. E- even as a professional. Absolutely. As a professional. Christopher goes on to say, I nervously knocked on his door and opened it, telling him all the information I had gotten. He swung around in his chair and said, OK, let's take a look. Everything he taught me, showed me, and put me through that semester was to find out two things about me. One, was I someone who really loved this profession? Because this was his profession, and he was not going to let someone come into it that wasn't in love with it. Two, he wanted to see how I did under pressure. Was I someone who is going to crumble under pressure, or was I someone who is going to use my knowledge and skills to get through whatever the situation was? He forced me to trust myself to not listen to my doubts, and to have confidence in myself. Man, teaching confidence is hard. I think just that story in general just, like, summarizes mentorship. Like, that's just, <laughs> yeah. Like te- I was really excited when we got this. Like, how, how do you teach someone confidence, you know? And that's definitely one way to, to do it, you know? And that's what the your mentors are for. They help teach you how to be confident in yourself and how to grow as a student and then as a young professional and going into the rest of your career yeah what makes a good mentor man that's a i think that's the million dollar question um i mean i would say it's one it takes a lot of patience i think having a lot of patience is key that's what Haley says actually to be a good mentor um and i think just the willingness to teach someone and being empathetic for where they are in their life And, you know, because at one point, everyone was an athletic training student. So they made the same mistakes. You know, they did dumb things that they can laugh about now. So understanding that that's what athletic training students are going to do. And that's kind of what they're meant to do. And that's how you learn. So I think someone who's patient, empathetic, I think that's a that's a good start for a mentor. I think, too, if they if they individualize their help with you and they recognize your needs and it's not just about what they're teaching you or, or whatnot, but it's also about, um, in life or in your, as you're searching for a career, as you're in your career, um, you have a hard case or whatnot. If they realize and while you're talking to them, what you need, that is going to be a great thing to get out of that relationship. Absolutely. And I think also respects, a, uh, a key thing you it know is. respecting each other you know not just having like a, oh i'm teaching you you're the student but understanding that you know at that point everyone's adults you know and just having that same mutual respect can be huge as well because it's not just learning about athletic training but learning about life and how do you live as an athletic trainer you know how do you make your financial decisions as an athletic trainer like all those things can be facilitated by your mentors so Christopher R. actually also turned it around, and he has had the chance to mentor two high school sports medicine students himself. And Look at so that. not only did he give us his experience with being mentored, but also he talks about um, being a mentor. So I'm going to read that. 
He said, what I learned was that it's not just my job to teach them, but to help flourish their desire for sports medicine. The students we mentor are the next generation of athletic trainers, and it should be our duty and responsibility to make sure that they become better than we are. My students saw the good and the bad of my job, the praise and thank yous we get, the times that we don't get those, and everything in between. I wanted to show them how truly unique athletic training is as a job, and most importantly, how much I love it. I think it's awesome that, you know, that is true. That is what happens. At some point, the tables are turned, and the mentees will eventually become the mentors one day. I mean, I think you can be both at once. Oh, you definitely can, absolutely. But just, you know, there will always be that one day where now a lot of it is you're giving back to the future generation. Mm-hmm. And I th- I like that he is talking about the good and the bad. I mean, we even have that in our intro that we're, sh- we're highlighting the ups and downs of this profession. It is a roller coaster. If you've been to Six Flags, this would be probably the most visited ride. Would it? Uh, with how many ups and downs we get as athletic trainers, absolutely. And how many surprises? It's a thrill ride every day. <laughs> Actually, would, yeah. Would I you mean, agree with athletic that? Athletic trainers are usually thrill seekers if they're into in- emergency medicine part. I was going to say, hold on, not all athletic trainers are thrill seekers because I do not like roller coasters. Can you be a thrill seeker without liking roller coasters? Man, that's a good philosophical question. I don't I don't know if you could. I don't know if you could because the rush from like a roller coaster and that thrill is what would drive yeah, you to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but you So I, feel I just like, sound like Flintstones. I was like, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Yeah, but dab a do here. <laughs> no, finish no, keep going. What do you got? Bam bam. I Pebbles. I like the feeling of responding to an injury and the thrill and the adventure and the adrenaline of that. And I mean, I do like roller coasters, but I can't say that I'm going to seek them out. Like, I'll go on them, but I I don't know. I'm moderate. (laughs) (laughs) Moderate. Okay. Why don't you read this next one from Haley? So Haley says, being a mentor has an interesting mindset. Wait, before we read the story, actually. Hold up. We already said this, but if you guys don't remember, Haley is my first preceptor. So Haley says, being a mentor has an interesting mindset where you want to be patient, but also give a sense of urgency because real life is right around the corner and acute slash emergent situations don't give you that extra time to check a textbook. Oh, man. I remember sometimes she would just send me out to try to do things. And I was like, uh, uh, because I'm- real life is around <laughs> the corner. It was my first rotation. Hey, we all know that it's quick. It uh, it passes you by I, real quick. I remember that like there was this kid who was having an allergic reaction and she was like, yeah, go. And I was like, What? You know what the best part about that story was is I was there because I was there to watch her and it was you know, a watch football the game. game. So Randy was hanging out on the sideline and, you know, I saw her leave. Well, I'm not there for the football game. I was there to watch her work the football game. So I literally left the field to watch her deal with this allergic reaction, which, by the way, we did not go over gen med yet. All I know is emergencies and maybe lowers at that point. So I figured I'd just be there just and in I case. I know how to take a history. 
Yeah, yeah, because Randy was already certified. So just in case you needed a little additional help, I figured I'd be there. But I was in the background, and I let her do her thing. She crushed it as a first rotation student. Well, I mean. You did. You were off duty. <laughs> and you still yeah. crushed it. She I could- even had to deal with parents. Remember? There were parents who were trying to like take over my oh, history, yeah. and I was like, excuse me. Yeah, you- I am the... You commanded the room. I am a student, but I'm still the... More qualified (laughs) than the other people there. (laughs) I'm still in charge of this situation. Haley continues with, I also try to communicate the importance of being approachable and able to anticipate the need that isn't always asked for, which I feel like that's hard. I think that takes some practice as someone who's becoming a mentor or a teacher, or I should say preceptor, is understanding the need that some students need because they may be nervous to to talk to you or ask that question. So anticipating kind of where they're at. You know, if I could go back and be a student again, I would ask more questions. And I feel like that's everyone's response. I think that I also didn't know how to ask questions back then. Well, because it also goes back to you don't know what you don't know. Exactly. And I mean from this podcast when we have guests on i feel like i've grown so much in asking questions and learning what to, like what questions to ask yes but i mean e- even besides that i think that going back knowing what i know now even if you don't have a question maybe maybe asking I don't actually know how to word this. And this is what I'm trying to say is like, even if you don't know how to word something, maybe try to verbalize that you don't really know what you're trying to ask. But if they could elaborate maybe on something. Possibly. I mean, it could lead. I know when I have athletes who when I mean, my obviously everyone's basic question is like, what kind of pain is it? Right. And I'll give them an option, you know, a list of things. Oh, I give them my menu. Yes. Is it sharp, dull, achy, numb, or tingly? Exactly. I'll go through all those things so they have it. But sometimes That's my menu. Sometimes it's hard for them to identify it. So I'll just tell them, well, tell me what it feels like to you. It doesn't even have to make sense. Like, uh, I, I just want to hear what the, it feels like to them. And then I can put it together in my mind. Like today, one of our friends is like, oh, my ankle feels, uh. You know what's funny is I know what that <laughs> yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, Like I can it understand does. what that feeling is like. Yeah. See? I guess you can't really get that through my menu, but. You're you're not going to add, uh, as your pain? I give the them. pain menu, menu? Well, first I ask them what it feels like. And then after I give them a more guided, I give them the menu. My favorite thing is when they try to show me with their hands what it feels like. And they're like, like they're like squeezing an orange. It, it feels like this. I'm like, all right. I mean, that makes sense, too. It, it does make sense. I just love how animated they'll get and they'll show me. So being approachable, I think, is actually something that um, I really like that Haley talked about this um, because I feel like in athletic training and in sports, we don't necessarily focus on this when i think that we should that's true it'll make it a lot easier for the students to want to say something instead of them being terrified i mean not just for your mentees but also for your patients that's true because if they're if you're going to be able to create that trust environment i don't know that being intimidating is necessarily a a bonus you scared the hell out of one of my cross-country runners 
I don't know how I. That's she was reading a book, by the way. That's what Sandra was doing that day. I am the least intimidating person that has ever existed. (laughs) So Haley continues with, these are important aspects that can be discussed in the classroom, but actually need to be experienced. I'm lucky to have have had some pretty good sponges to mentor. And she kind of hints at Sandra being one of them. Like I said, we're pretty close. <laughs> I mean, we even work together now, kind of. Yeah, that's, and that's one of the cool. I think for like, it's hard for me to speak to it because I, you know, I haven't had a lot of athletic training students, but I feel like for like a mentor mentee, like that's kind of that cool transition to when you guys can actually work together, like actually like colleagues. I don't know. That's kind of like a cool moment. If there's any mentors out there. You should let us know if that's actually, you know, if you feel the same, if that's a pretty cool moment for you. Haley is very approachable. I got to say that of all my mentors working or like to work with um, and collaborate with, I think I'd be the most comfortable with her and like not self-conscious, which makes a good mentor that's and good. Like not self-conscious to like do an eval in front of her. Like I'm pretty confident in my skills now, but even, and you know, you always get that like, oh, my mentor's watching. They, they expect so much of me. Yes, definitely. That actually, I had a really um, one of my just the one of the people who I respect the most. Um, I I did my observation hours under her. Her name is Pam, and she I had such a hard time going into my final one of my final rotations with her because um, I put so much expectation on myself because of what I thought she expected from me because i did four four years of observation with her or three years yes and so that i i mean it really took a hit on my confidence to put that much pressure on myself and it actually was more freeing when i became certified and was on my own without someone watching over me the entire time and then that's where i got my confidence yeah absolutely yeah but she is definitely she is one of the most I respect her so much and I I would love to be half the athletic trainer that she is one day and she got me into football that that is actually how it all started and how you got interested in athletic training in general yeah yeah really so we're gonna take this podcast and turn it into advice corner now Ooh, AT corner turn into advice corner so we Oh my goodness. I couldn't write them all out. I, I, These I put up on our Instagram stories and I put a little question box and I'm not kidding you guys. I love these. I love that you guys are responding and, and engaging so much with these, except it was so hard for after I wrote down a page of answers, single spaced, by the way, single line for each answer. Um, I got really bored writing them. <laughs> So what we're going to do is we're going to just... Which is a good problem to have that is for a, us. That is a great problem to have. So we're just going to go through these um, and talk about some of these advice things that we got. And then the rest, I'm going to condense down so they're not too too much to handle. And then we're going to put them in our Facebook group, which if you do not know about our Facebook group, we'll talk about it at the end. And she'll have to remind me a few times to make sure I actually do put it in there. Randy's in charge of the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah, so if there's ever any errors, you can probably assume that was my fault. Or mine, because I didn't double check it, and that's important too. Quality assurance here. <laughs> We're also human. We make mistakes. 
Okay, so I'm going to skip to one of the bottom ones. And because this one, I want to make sure we share. It's something that I really needed to hear right now. And this is from Christy. And it says, you are never stuck as long as you are learning and growing. So true. So true. And it is. Like, no matter where you are. And I think that's the important thing to remember is we are still students. We are still learning and we can always get better. We also got a lot of people who said that. Yes. Um, See? Which also reminds me... um, which also reminds me of when I was interning at the community college where Andy Pollan was. Andy Pollan. <laughs> um, I remember still up to retirement, he was still filling coolers and helping clean up. And there was nothing, there was no task that was beneath him. Even though he's a Hall of Famer, he's ready for retirement, he's the most respected guy in all of our state. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And he he would he wouldn't be shy. He would ask all the time like, "What do you need from me?" And as a student, you don't know how to answer that question because you're you're scared to death and <laughs> you don't want to give a Hall of Famer or someone as talented as Andy a like minimal task. So you don't know how to answer that question, but he genuinely just wants to help get the, you know, get the tasks done so He's genuinely asking, what do you want me to do? I think so far, my one of my favorite ones that I read here was from Aaron R. Stop trying to please the coaches because you'll never make them happy. That is so true. That is very true. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a coach actually happy. Well, no, you can make them happy, but I think it's trying to say, like, that's not your goal. No, it's not our goal. I'm just saying, even when a moment you think they'd be happy... All of a sudden, they're not happy about it. I'm like, what happened? No consistency. <laughs> Zero consistency. Um, I like this one. There will be really good days and really bad days. Don't get too high and don't get too low. And I kind of thought about this like you have to ride the wave. And oh, yes. I I am terrified of water. So it was, all, it was actually because I was boogie boarding and I totally wiped out. And then I got a face full of sand and then I never... I never liked the water again after that, apparently. <laughs> um, and so this kind of, I mean, if I'm going to make a water analogy. This is it. You have to, in order to keep your head above water, you got to ride the wave. Absolutely. And if you fall into the too high or the too low, then you get off and you're not with with the, the current. And then that's when you wipe out. And then you're going to have anxiety and water all the time. Exactly. For the rest of your life. And then I'd also like to highlight the one by Sawyer F. I'm sure we've all heard this at students at one point, and this just sums up working in athletics in general, but fake it till you make it. Until you're too fake. Yes, not <laughs> not fake like that, but, you know. So, you know, we, we're all learning, you know, whatever tasks or whatever, but go in with what you know. Trust your knowledge, have some confidence, and hey, you'll get there. So I know that as a student, I had a really hard time with evaluation for some reason. Um, and I don't think that I really realized it early on because I and I, I think the turning point was that I I kind of didn't know enough to realize that I didn't I was having trouble. Does that make sense? And then as soon as I started 
learning more about evaluation, that's when I realized that I literally knew nothing back then. And then I was like, oh, I really know nothing about evaluation. And so this actually really would help me from Alex L. He said that he got these wise words from his mentor, Melody. Look for the horse before the zebra. Yes, I've heard that one. And I, that makes so much sense because basically when I was a student, we were taught all the major pathologies, right? And it actually goes along with this other one. Aaron G said, there doesn't always have to be something wrong with the athlete. They can just be sore. That's true. When I made that realization as a student, actually, I remember the day. It was from Allie. Allie's one of my mentors. She asked me what the difference between a muscle strain and soreness was, and I literally couldn't answer her. I didn't have any sort of guess. Well, if we want to be technical, DOMS is classified as a grade one muscle strain. Okay, maybe I should, I don't remember Sorry, the, the I question, did, but I did here. DOMS for my, my part of my thesis, so I really read into it. Here, what's the difference between injury and soreness? Yeah, absolutely. What would you answer? <laughs> That's a tough one, man, because I remember we had. Don't overthink it. It's really simple. Like when you're working with high school students. See, this is why I don't work with high school students. I actually had this scenario pop up where this girl came in. This was at when I had a high school rotation. Her legs hurt and she was just sore. And I had to try to explain to her, you're just sore. But how did you know that it was soreness? That's what I'm saying. How do you know that it's soreness versus an injury? I just... Like going off of just function and, you know, different tests and everything. It just, there's nothing really there. You're making this so hard. (laughs) This is the way I work. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to simplify it for you guys. If you guys are really wondering, um, because I, this has actually changed my practice because I think about it all the time. For real, I do. So if someone's sore, I mean, most likely it's going to be both sides, right? But let's say they're just one legged sore, right? The way you tell the difference is usually with soreness, if you stretch it, it will feel better with a strain. If you stretch it, it will hurt more. And on top of that, if you warm up and you're sore, it will feel better. But if you warm up with a strain, depending on the severity, it will probably not feel better. That's true. So yeah, they're both going to hurt with activation. But if you take those basic things, if you think about when you're sore, like if you, if my quad is sore and you poke it, yeah, that's going to (laughs) hurt. Or if you make me do a brake test, yeah, that's going to hurt. Yeah, definitely. But those are, those are some little, little gems I learned from Allie. And they can just be sore. Um, So there was one time, and this is why I liked this one from Alex. Uh, Basically, I was looking for the zebra and not the horse right and because we were learning all about these different pathologies um and so i luckily i did not tell the patient this (laughs) but i was going through a knee eval and they had joint line pain but it was like kind of medial like anteromedial so like on the edge of the patellar tendon and 
it was a little bit deeper than the patellar tendon, so I just thought it was a meniscus. Yeah. But they had no mechanism of meniscus. <laughs> but it turned out they just had chondromalacia. Yeah. And I had that did not even cross my brain. Because what? Why would it not be something torn? I didn't understand. Or how about when uh, you get the meniscus involvement, but not a tear? That blew my mind. Nothing has to be torn. Yeah. Like what about an ACL sprain? That blew my mind as a student. Still now. (laughs) (laughs) We got a lot of people saying that it's okay to say no or no is a complete sentence. Um, I really like this one from Cassie. She said, don't be afraid to change. Yeah, that's true. I feel like that's a hard one to learn. I mean, I've changed a lot since I started. Yeah, I'm well, you know, we should, you know, we should be learning and growing as we develop our careers. Uh, Another one we got a ton was that every experience in rotation is a job interview, which is so true. Yes, very true. It's gotten me a couple jobs, actually. I think one that is tough for students to think about because when you're in your, you know, your scenarios and your practicals you know you got to have an answer you want the the right answer but justin n said no matter what your differential diagnosis is is it going to change the way you treat it oh and there are plenty obviously you want to get the right diagnosis as best you can of course but that's why you have your differentials and a lot of your differentials are going to be similar to your already like your already diagnosis so is it really going to change your game plan so don't fret if you're like like it was a, um, you were thinking slap tear, but it ended up being biceps tendonitis. You're pretty much going to treat most of those the same way. Um, it's also why it's called a working diagnosis. Exactly. Um, we had a girl who had a meniscus tear and I evaluated it. My mentor evaluated it. My other mentor evaluated it. And then a doctor evaluated it. And a couple people were saying ACL... Um, and so we were treating it like it was an ACL and then she got an MRI. Turns out it was just the meniscus. Well, I mean, that's great news that her ACL was intact, but really, it really didn't change the beginning. We're still trying to work on range of motion. Absolutely. We're still trying to work on getting swelling down, getting pain down, all of the same thing. So from the AT standpoint, it really doesn't, it didn't change your treatment. It's not really changing the rehab. It just, the only thing it would change is what intervention from outside the athletic training profession it would need. Yep. And uh, this one is a little bit on the same lines of something we said earlier, but our good friend, Jeremy Jackson from Sports Medicine Broadcast, he said, the speech you will always regret is the one you have when you're angry. Ooh, that's true. And I feel like that's good life advice. Too. That is good life <laughs> advice. One time I talked back to a coach when I was, you heard me. Remember? Oh, yeah, I remember When that. I was going out on the field for a youth football injury. Oh, man, it was great. She booked it on the field, beat the coach out there. She, I saw her sprinting. It was so funny. I was so mad at that coach. I shouldn't have done that. And then, you know, what made me learn was um, the referee. I watched the referee talking to the same coach, and the coach was just being an ass. And he 
the referee just like kept his cool. And I know that's their job. And I realized, you know what? If the referee can do it, I can do it. Yeah, They get yelled and at all game. I'm supposed to be professional over here. I bet a lot of people who know me probably couldn't picture me talking back to a coach. See, <laughs> see, refs will tell you that coaches are never happy. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I like this one too. Destiny said, you may be by yourself, but you are never alone. That is true. Your mentors are there. Fellow athletic trainers, colleagues are there. They've been there. They're probably still there going through it with you. And I feel like that is the perfect way to put a closing note on all of this. Yes, absolutely. So we're going to take all of these and condense them, like I said, put them in our Facebook group. And that is not to be confused with our Facebook page. Um, that is just basically a carbon copy of our Instagram. Our Facebook group is actually an interactive group that you guys can post, will post. We post um, episode threads you guys can comment on, and then also question of the week. And we post, we're going to post some things specifically for specific episodes. So if you want to join, there's only one question to get in, and it's where did you hear about our podcast? And then also, if you want a direct link, you can go down to the uh, show notes or video description if you're watching watching on youtube and then if you just want to type it in go to facebook.com slash group slash at corner podcast and it will pull up at corner community if you guys are new we do every other episode as education or stories and this is a story episode so next week we're going to go back to our education randy's going to do more on long-term ultrasound yes we're going to look at ultrasound but this time Something that's a longer duration. This is kind of a new thing that's coming out, and it's, uh, it's pretty dope. Yeah, we're super excited for that, and I think those are all of our fine print. First of all, where have you ever been to an educational format where they use the word dope? Yeah, there, that's, right here. That's the vibe we're going <laughs> for here. All right, Randy, you got anything else to add? Nope, that's perfect. Thank you for helping us showcase athletic training behind the tape. Bye.